What's up, everybody? This is Edgar Martin from the Q&E Podcast, just bringing you this message that today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. It could be sports, entertainment, or anything else that you feel people might want to listen to. Once again, that's podgo.co, P-O-D-G-O dot C-O, Podgo. You are now listening to the Q&E Podcast. Is this what you want? Huh? Is this what you want? We're coming in again, Hello, everybody. You're listening to the Q&E Podcast. You're here with your boy Q Hicks right now. I got Edgar on the other line. Edgar, tell the people what's good. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Q&E Podcast. This is our first time talking strictly about sports in a long time. We've had a lot of interviews. A lot of activist talk, but now we're getting back to the main focus of the Q and E podcast, which is sports. And I feel like this is going to be a big relief, and we get to get we get to have a release from the real world for a second. Yeah. So if this is your first time listening to the Q and E podcast, we are primarily sports podcast, but obviously, like Edgar just said, we have breaking and broken into multiple different categories. We do current events, activism, films, entertainment. So definitely check out all of our other podcasts. We did a last dance series. We did all, we covered all of that. We talked about no justice, no peace. We also have done live streams on Facebook. So definitely check us out on Facebook and on Twitter. And I feel like we're going to start live streaming and IG. We're going to have an Instagram live coming soon. So yeah, we, yeah. we need all of y'all to start following that Q&E podcast IG page. So that way we can have a good audience for when we go live on IG coming soon. Yes, sir, man. But we're going to dive into it with the sports. The first topic of this week, man, was basically about Dalvin Cook. And how he said he's going to hold out. He said he wanted a reasonable deal at first, but now the reports are coming out now is that he want that Christian McCaffrey money. He want that big bag, 16 mil. Edgar, do you think he's worth Dalvin Cook for the Vikings? You think he's worth it? I see the potential in him being worth 16 mil a year, but right now I have to say no. The reason Christian McCaffrey is getting that deal is because he is truly carrying the Panthers franchise right now on his back. Like, we, we haven't seen a running back carry a franchise like this in a while. Like, I, I really, off the top of my head right now, just talking, I can't remember the last time we've seen a running back carry a franchise like this. AP? So yeah, I, I'll say Adrian Peterson, the most recent, mm-hmm. um, prior to McCaffrey. So, McCaffrey being the only big name in this franchise right now, carrying this team to get the amount of wins that they have and leading the league and rushing the way he does, being a top three leader in the league. So, that's why I see – him not getting Dalvin Cook not getting Christian McCaffrey, yeah. but Dalvin Cook is a primary source of that Vikings offense. Other than Adam Thielen, like the only name you can think of is Dalvin Cook. I would say Stephon Diggs, but now that he's on the Bills, like you only got Thielen and Cooks. So I, I get where Cook is coming from, where it's like, hey, I'm I'm y'all bread and butter. Y'all but, need me. Y'all, yeah, need, y'all, me. y'all need me. Yeah. But it's like, yeah. You got you to gotta split that salary up between you and Thielen right now. You know what I'm saying? So Yeah. I think, honestly, I don't think he's worth the 16 mil tag. That, because, obviously, McCaffrey's just a different animal, in my opinion. Obviously, I'm a Carolina Panthers fan. I love Christian McCaffrey. But he's also a dual threat type of running back. He can be an all-pro running back and also an all-pro receiver. They line him up at wide receiver, and he'd be cooking dudes out there. So I ain't going to lie. You could do that with Dalvin Cook, though. Dal- I, Dalvin Cook could do a threat. 
Dalvin Cook. Yeah, Dalvin Cook is a dual threat. He can catch it out of the backfield, but he can't catch it like McCaffrey. He could be in a slot. McCaffrey might be a better slot performer, but you could definitely put Dalvin Cook in the slot in certain situations. I see that. Maybe not as much as McCaffrey, but it could definitely happen, though. Yeah. But at first, when he asked for the reasonable deal, I had no problem with it because at first the reports was he wanted thirteen million. I'm like, that's cool because they said that's what David Johnson making. David right. Johnson from the Texans. So I'm like, thirteen million from Dalvin Cook? Oh yeah, hand out that check. Especially right. how much the offense revolves around him. Last year, when Kirk Cousins wasn't really getting off last year, man, it was Dalvin Cook show. Dalvin Cook was the one catching all the touchdowns and was striking like sixty yard touchdowns out of the backfield, or screen plays, all of that. And that's the, what their offense was revolved around. So it's like when he asked for $13 million, it's like, okay, that's fine, $13 million. And they got the money to give out to him, too. So it's exactly. like, I understand it. But once you ask for that top-tier revolutionary money at 16, it's like, whoa, we got to take a step back here, bro. It's like the 13, I can give you the 13. Because honestly, in my opinion, I don't feel like McCaffrey would have got that 16 if at least one or two big names stayed on that team. If there were at least if it, if Luke Keekley stayed and maybe ah I see what you're saying like maybe one other key player he probably McCaffrey probably wouldn't have got that 16. But the fact mm-hmm. that the roster is basically wiped clean other than Christian McCaffrey right now is like who else are you gonna get that money to? That's a good point, bro. Because he's getting paid to be the fran- face of the franchise, and we talked about that on the That's podcast we was talking about before. He's getting paid to be the face of the franchise. You're not paying Dalvin Cook to be the face of the franchise because. Actually, I don't know who the face of the franchise is for the Vikings. There, there is really no face. I would have gave yeah. it to Stephon Diggs, honestly, but he's not there anymore. But I said it, it would have been Stephon Diggs because he comes up in so many headlines. But honestly, I don't know. Like maybe it's Kurt. But uh, it, it, if Stephon stayed, it would have been him, especially after that Minnesota mm-hmm. miracle a few years ago. Ah, uh, that's true. Yeah, he, he so uh, he'd been there longer too. He'd been longer than everybody else. He would have been the face of the franchise for sure. Yeah. And another thing, another knock against Cook not getting the $16 million or the something that he's looking to for in the money-wise is the fact that he's never played a full 16-game season. Like, in most of the seasons he's played, like, in his first season, he didn't even play his first season because he was hurt. So he played the first four games and were hurt, hurt the rest of the season. The next season, he wasn't all the way back to being Dalvin Cook. The third year he played, he was an all-pro, or he wasn't all-pro, but he was a pro bowler. But it's like, you never have been healthy for me, and you haven't always been at this full level. So how can I trust you to be at this level going forward when you have it? Even in college, Dalvin Cook is somebody who always played through injury and was always, like, injury prone. So how can I trust you to be healthy for a 16-game season, especially when we're, we're relying on you? So that's, a, that's another knock as well. So it's like, ah. He has the potential to get 16 a year, but – I, I definitely didn't see him being the first running back to ever get that. No, McCaffrey mm-hmm. totally deserves it. Different circumstances um, for the betterment of his situation, unfortunately for Cook. So that that and, and how and how do you and how do you feel about paying the running back? Period. Because a lot of people have talked about it before that paying the running back period isn't always best for your team because it's better to pick up somebody in the third, fourth round who can do it all. You know what I'm saying? Like the Hilaire, Clyde Hilaire uh, out of LSUs and stuff like that. Somebody who can, you can get on the cheap and you don't have, really have to pay, but they are giving you similar production. So where do you stand on paying the running back position? I think this is just coming back to the fact that no matter how much the game of football changes, at least for the NFL, no matter how much the game of football changes, you always need a running game. 
I know we got the Patrick Mahomes and the Lamar Jacksons now who are just elevating and Russell Wilson just elevating the passing game of the NFL nowadays and even the, a lot of pocket passers nowadays who are just elevating the game so much. But at the end of the day, if you do not have a running game, you are sitting up. Like, honestly. Mm-hmm. So I feel yeah. like kind of getting a reality check of the fundamentals of the NFL, of what made the NFL such a, a powerhouse to watch, the, the undeniable running games of certain NFL teams. And yeah. right now, Christian McCaffrey is proving to everybody that, look, this position is still important. You don't have to be a, a quote-unquote cheap running back just to get the job done. No, you can do it to the utmost potential and get your bag at the same time and not get cheated out of any money. Like, you yeah. can be the number one player of the franchise and still be a running back in today's game, no matter how much the quarterbacks evolve and no matter how better the receivers get. So. Yeah. And we just seen it with the Titans, bro, with Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry carried them to a, a, a conference championship game. So it's like a running game can still carry you. And, I, and as, much as, I, as much as I criticize Ryan Tannehill, Ryan Tannehill did a great job. But like you just said, Derrick Henry ran that team to the point that they got in the playoffs. Yeah. So I got this little statistic, not statistic, but it's like a picture of the running backs with one year left on their contract. So it's a lot of great running backs who have one year left. So this is another reason why Dalvin Cook wants to get paid now and not wait until the offseason. So I'm just going to give off a couple of names. Not a couple. I'm running off all the names. So the first one is Dalvin Cook with one year left on their contract. Dalvin Cook, Aaron Jones, Derrick Henry with the franchise tag this past season, Leonard Fournette, Joe Mixon, Alvin Kamara, Kenyon Drake, Todd Gurley, James Conner, Damian Williams, Kareem Hunt, Tariq Cohen, Marlon Mack, Chris Carson, Jamal Williams. Half of this, most of this list are Pro Bowl running backs. And they have one year left on their deal and are going to be in free agency with Dalvin Cook this offseason. So this is why Dalvin Cook wants to get paid now because he doesn't want to be in the market with all these dudes. Right. It's a couple of people that aren't as good as Dalvin Cook on this list but can give you similar production, like a Chris Carson, like a Marlon Mack. And it's like the Vikings can end up paying him a little cheaper than uh, Dalvin Cook, and he can probably give you the same production. Now, that's the reason why Dalvin Cook really wants to get paid right now. I'm he, a- he's, trying to beat the, he's trying to beat the stock market in a sense. He's trying to beat Yeah, the- bro. Because, like I said, half, most of this list are Pro Bowl running backs, bro. Carson is a Pro Bowler. Uh, Hunt was a Pro Bowler. Connor had a good year. Gurley's a Pro Bowler. Kamara, Mixon, Fournette. Henry Jones. Even some of the ones who aren't pro bowlers yet, you see They're, it obviously in that Exactly, season. bro. With the with the Kenyon Drakes, when he was went to Arizona, he had a great season. A Matt Breeder in San Francisco, we've seen the seasons. Jamal Williams, Cohen. Like, bro, these are still good running backs. So I, I really understand why he wants to get paid right now. I truly do. But asking for 16 mil is way too much. Especially when you have to got competition like that, running backs who are going to be uh, in competition with you during free agency this offseason, bro. So if he lowers his price to $13 million, I can get on the bandwagon. Yeah, me too. Million tag. I'd but, say about 13 13 is yeah. a, a good price. But he said he's willing to sit out for a long period of time. So can you foresee another Le'Veon Bell situation where he sits out the whole season? I, I hate to say it, but actually, I don't see Dalvin Cook doing that. But if he does, I hate to say that'll be a really sad situation because it's like we're not saying you're not worth the money. It's just right now you are not worth 16 mil a year. And it's mm-hmm. not anything against Dalvin Cook. It's all of the reasons that you and I just said. 
most of the reasons that we just explained are out of his control. Like, the mm -hmm. lack of talent on the team is not the same as Carolina. Like, the load you had to carry is not the same as Christian McCaffrey's in Carolina. Like, it's just – there's too many factors out of your control that's keeping you from getting that 16 mil a year. So, mm -hmm. sitting out, I don't feel like it should be the extent that he's trying to do of, like, a full season. Like, mm -hmm. sitting out to – for 13, 14 mil – yeah, okay. Now, if they're if they trying to buck you and not even give you 13 or 14 mil, then you can sit out. Then that's a threat. Like, okay, no, y'all playing with my money. I, I'm at but, least. But we've seen this situation hurt Le'Veon, though. We've seen the situation hurt Le'Veon. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. I, I don't know. I feel like if he's doing it for an amount that makes sense, I feel like he'll get the benefit. He'll get mm -hmm. the benefit. But, but if he's doing it for an astronomical amount that just isn't reasonable right now, then it's going to hurt him. Yeah. Yeah. You see Le'Veon sit out the whole season. He left basically 15 million on the table. He's supposed to get 15 million that year. He never came back. He doesn't have 15 million to this day. Yeah, I feel like Le'Veon shouldn't have did that. Le'Veon shouldn't have took that 15. But at the time, we was looking at Le'Veon like, oh, he might be doing the smart thing because we thought he was going to get that, that bag. He ended up getting the bag with the Jets, but we thought it was going to be something bigger. And he, I think he was even a little disappointed at his market when he ended up getting into the free agency. And he was like, I thought I was going to get more than this. And he had I think it was probably more than just money, too, at that point, because just the dysfunction in that Steelers franchise ah, between, between Tomlin, Big Ben, A.B., and Le'Veon, the biggest heads in that, in that locker room, all the mm -hmm. tension and all the media that was getting there, I feel like it was a lot more than money at that point. So mm -hmm. once he realized he wasn't going to get that bag from the Steelers, he just continued to sit out because it was like, I already have problems with this franchise anyway. I might as well get picked up by somebody else and get a at least a similar type of bag. You know? That's so true. I feel like That's it was right. bigger than just money to levy on. Yeah. But the, the Vikings definitely need him, man. I, I've said it before, and I was saying it earlier last season, like, Cook is a top five back in his league. So he definitely deserves to get money and deserves to get paid. But like I said, that 16 might be a little too steep. But let's talk about the NFL return. So training camp is has been announced, and they basically came out with a little tentative schedule that training camp will start in mid-July and go through uh, mid-August, and that is when the preseason will start. So the preseason starts, like, uh, late August, and then they got four preseason games still, and season starts September 10th. So just wanted to get y'all updated on that. They still got a tentative schedule. It can't be moved around, but that's the, that's the return date for right now. Uh, let's move on to Reggie Bush. So news came out today that Reggie Bush is now getting back in association with USC after 10 years of being disassociated with the university. Uh, first of all, Edgar, how did you feel about Reggie Bush getting disassociated from the university in the first place? What was your first reaction 10 years ago? My my first first off, wow, ten years ago. <laughs> because I, was, I, I remember it ten years ago, and it was crazy to me then. It it was crazy. It was like I don't even know how to describe it. Like because we was just talking about it before the pod. Like Reggie Bush wasn't even the only big name in that situation. Pete Carroll was also a big name in that situation. So it was like the amount of time that he was just disassociated. With USC, I didn't feel it matched up to the situation at hand. So I feel like two, three years, okay, that's cool. And taking the Heisman away from me. That's what I'm saying. Like, ten, ten years plus you took my Heisman away, and now 
now y'all want to associate back with me. It's like, okay, I'm going to need my Heisman back. I'm going to need some type of, like, of, conversation. Not, a, not apology per se, but at least some type of recognition that I'm mm. back involved with you all, like, to the future students of this school and yeah. the faculty. Like, uh, I need a written statement provided by the university and put out there that we are associated back with each other. Like, yeah. those are the conditions that I would give if I was Reggie Bush. So, I, I feel yeah. like he should definitely get his Heisman back. And I, the same way I felt back then, the same way I feel now, I don't think the time was adequate to – Yeah. And like Edgar just said, we were talking about it before the pod, and it just felt real grimy how they did Reggie Bush. And like I said, 10 years ago, I felt the same way. And I think Pete Carroll, Carroll gets slipped through the cracks when he was really the orchestrator of this whole situation that happened at USC. When Pete Carroll came into that university, obviously they went off like a rocket. But he was the one orchestrating. He was the one uh, orchestrating everything, and it was the reason for these violations. Reggie Bush obviously did take benefits, so I understand that. But Pete Carroll had something to do with it. And I think Pete Carroll doesn't get enough blame. Pete Carroll still gets associated with the university, and he is somebody who slipped out of the university right before they got their violations. So he really did y'all dirty, too, but y'all still give him more praise than y'all do a Reggie Bush who uh, gave y'all so much money or, you know what I'm saying, was the reason for y'all getting millions in that. And another thing I want to add to that, I feel like the, the generation we're in now where the media and, like, the NCAA is just so focused on catching people tampering or catching people, like, getting booster deals and stuff like that, it was big back then, but the way it's so much worse now, I don't feel like the punishment back then should have been as severe as it was. But not not saying there shouldn't have been any punishment because yeah. you're not supposed to take booster stuff. Exactly. You're, not, you're not supposed to take deals. You're not supposed to get, quote, unquote, help from outsiders or whatever. You know what I'm saying? But I feel like today, if something like this were to happen today, I can understand them, I wouldn't agree, but I would understand the NCAA being so radical with their decision. But back then, it was kind of like a, it was, if you didn't hear about it on TV, you weren't really going to hear about it. Nowadays, mm -hmm. it's like everybody hears about it, everybody can see it, everybody can reread it over and over to where it's more of a you have to give a punishment type situation. Yeah. So that, that's why I really didn't agree with the 10 year ban. Like, that was just way too long. And I don't think it was always going to be a 10-year ban. I thought it was always like an indefinite type of thing because it was times during the season, like, because obviously Reggie Bush, Reggie Bush worked for Fox. So he would be at USC games, and they wouldn't even acknowledge him. He's one of the best USC players, probably the best USC player that has ever played there, and he doesn't even get acknowledged when he walks in the stadium. One of the best college running backs of all time. That's what I'm saying. Like, Reggie Bush, bro, was that nigga. Niggas wanted to be Reggie Bush when growing up. People wanted to be like Reggie. So it's like, bro, that's crazy, dog. Disrespectful. It's crazy how they did him. So I, I, can't, I can't even continue on it. Yeah. Like, it really just made me mad. Exactly, bro. Like, the amount of time, bro. I'm not mad at the punishment of, like, banning you for a certain period of time. But 10 years and you took my Heisman from me? Like, first of all, I wish you didn't want it back. I really wouldn't want it back at that point. Like, once you – like, that's just, that's just me. When you take something like that from me, like, in a situation where it's really not that serious, like, I, mm. I, I wouldn't even want it back at that point. Yeah. But I don't feel like – Oh, yeah. And that's why I really didn't have a problem when I had seen the video of the College Football Hall of Fame get broken into and how I guess they had uh, looted that. I really wasn't mad because I was like, 
Shit. That's really y'all karma for not giving taking away Reggie uh Heisman, bro. Y'all don't deserve that. So I wasn't even mad when I seen all that college football hall of fame was looted. Right. I don't care. Yeah, hell with y'all, bro. Did that man so dirty. But I'm glad he's back to being associated with them. He deserves it. He needs more acknowledgement in this game, like Edgar just said. One of the greatest college running backs of all time. He even has a championship ring with the Saints from one of his like his early years when he just got with the Saints. That doesn't get acknowledged, but come on, man. Shout out to Reggie Bush, bro. Definitely needs more respect in this game. So let's transition into the NBA. So we talked about this on our live stream on Facebook, but we're going to dive into it again for the podcast listeners. So if you haven't listened, the NBA returns on July 31st. Uh, they basically came out with a proposal. It's a whole play and tournament type of thing. But recently, reports have come out that players are questioning a return to the court. Edgar, what is your reaction? My reaction is nobody should be questioning anything. The fact that Adam Silver got this to happen, I feel like all of the top players need to lose their any, – any player that got a problem with this need to lose their attitude and just be ready to play because the fans are ready to watch. The, the organizations are ready to continue the season. Like, we didn't, we didn't fight for all of this. Like, Adam Silver didn't try to get all these squares put together just for some of y'all to be like, nah, I don't want to do it no more. Like, no, nah, I don't want no season to keep going. So, no, I don't like that. that was, that's my reaction to certain top-tier players being against it right now. I feel like this, this whole year has an asterisk by it. So, who cares if the NBA oh. has an asterisk by it? I don't think so, bro. I don't think the year is going to have an asterisk by it because everybody is going through the same thing. And somebody had brought up that point before, and I was, I was like you before I heard it. It was like everybody is going through the same thing. Usually in an asterisk season, it's like usually one team has an advantage over the other, and that's why you have an asterisk. But when everybody is going through the same thing, we're still oh, we're level. We're still level. So even though we're going to come back, the playoff is obviously not going to be an ideal situation, no fans – we're still all going through the same things at the end of the day. So whoever wins that championship, that's the champion. And we're going to ride with that. Ain't no asterisk. It's going to be well-deserved. Because I was like you, bro. I was somebody who definitely was like, it's going to be an asterisk. But then I heard the point, like, everybody is definitely going through it. So I don't think so. So if you haven't heard about the play-in tournament and all that, and, oh, actually, my reaction to that, I really think Damian Lillard is the person who was orchestrating this whole thing about players questioning because I really think it's the whole, all of the playoff teams, honestly, the player, the, the teams that really don't think they're going to be in Orlando for that long, the Portlands, the Pelicans, the, who else, the Spurs. I think teams like those and players on those teams are questioning because I don't think Bron is questioning. The players like Kawhi, I don't exactly. think they're questioning. Giannis, I don't think they're the ones are, that are questioning the NBA coming back because they know they're going to get – you know what I'm saying, to the conference finals, to the finals type of thing. Exactly. Players who aren't going to be there that long, like the Lillards. Lillards already had a comment before that he said he really didn't want to come back, you know what I'm saying, if he wasn't going to play for anything. And that's why they got this format, this play-in tournament like it is formatted the way it is. So let me read it from the article itself. So it says, the new structure is expected to include 16 teams that would have been in the playoffs when the season was suspended in March and six additional teams with a play-in tournament for the number eight seed in both conferences. If the ninth seed is more than four games behind the eighth seed, the eighth seed earns the playoff spot. Edgar, I want you to look up the, the rankings for the Eastern Western Conference so we can get uh, the example. 
So let me read it again. If the ninth is more than four games behind the eighth seed, the eighth seed earns the playoff spot. If the ninth seed is four or fewer games behind, then the eighth and ninth seed will enter a play-in tournament that is double elimination for the eighth seed and single elimination for the ninth. So, so in the-, the Eastern Conference, in the Eastern Conference, Orlando is the eighth seed, and their record is thirty and thirty-five. And right under them are the Washington Wizards at twenty-four and forty. So. The Wizards are six games behind Orlando. Charlotte is seven games behind. Chicago is eight games behind. Those are three the three teams behind Orlando. So and it's just and it's just Washington that's going. It's just it's just Washington. Right. It's just Washington that's going because they're, they're six games, so they they fit the window. Mm-hmm. And in the Western Conference, you have Memphis at the eighth seed at thirty two and thirty three, and Portland is three games behind at twenty nine and thirty seven. New Orleans is four games behind at 28-36. Sacramento is four games behind at 28-36. And San Antonio is five games behind at 27-36. and 36. So those are four teams that fit the window. And the Suns are going as well. The Suns are another team. The Suns are going. So it's going to be five teams from the Western Conference, one team from the Eastern Conference. So if the playoff format, if like the playoff structure stays the way it is, if Washington – stays six games behind Orlando, there wouldn't be a play-in tournament because obviously they're like six games behind. So it's like no point to play a play-in. Orlando would get that spot. But in the Western Conference, it's really when you get the competition because everything is tighter over there. So the Grizzlies have the AC on lock right now, basically. So the Pelicans, like Edgar said, three games behind. I think the Blazers are three games. And the Kings and, you know what I'm saying, so on and so forth. So if it was to stay like that and the Blazers was to stay in ninth place, and three games behind, the Blazers and the Grizzlies will have a play-in tournament uh, between those those two teams, and it will be single elimination for the Grizz for the Blazers. Oh the, yeah, for the Blazers, it'll be for the Blazers. Yeah, if the Blazers lose, they're done. But if the Grizzlies lose one time, they get another chance because that's like the eighth the eighth seed advantage. I guess that's something I do not like actually. I think it would be better for entertainment purposes. If it was like March Madness rules, if it was just this one game determines who makes the playoffs. But I think that wouldn't be right. I think, Edgar, you brought this point on the live stream. It wouldn't feel right for Memphis because it would be like, damn, like, that's it. I, I, my, I had my spot this whole time. And you mean yeah. my game, like, and I'm out? Like, no, see, that? that's why I disagree. I feel like if you already have a playoff spot, and, and Quincy was saying, like, he felt like it should be for the seventh and the eighth seed. I'm like, oh, I no. do. I do. Like, no. Yeah. If I'm a seventh seed, there's no way I'm play, I'm having a play-in game for my spot. I'm solidified in the playoffs. Like, I'm a solid seven team in the playoffs. You mean to tell me I got to have a play-in game for a spot I already got? Like, no, bro. Like, I don't agree with that. For, for entertainment purposes, that would be lit. For I don't care about the entertainment. Like, for, nah. Who's seventh seed? Who's the seventh seed right now? In the West? Yeah. Dallas. And how many games above Grizzlies? Well, above the Grizzlies, they are eight games ahead of the Grizzlies. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I guess they are in there. That's what I'm saying. And now, in the East, Brooklyn and Orlando damn near have the same record. Brooklyn has mm. 30 and 34. Orlando is 30 and 35. So, they, they damn near tied for the AC, but Brooklyn gets the advantage because they got one yeah. less game. So. Yeah, so it will make more sense in the East than the Western Conference, I guess, because Dallas is so far ahead. Exactly. So, yeah, you make a good point. That's what I'm saying. Like, if I, if I know I'm ahead by a good margin, I ain't having no play-in game for my yeah. spot. But do you see any other holes in this proposal 
you had a couple of, or at least a week to think about it. Have you seen any holes in the proposal? Not really. I like the fact that there's going to be like, uh, I think it was like, what, eight regular season games? Eight regular season games. The playoffs. So mm -hmm. it's going to be really spread out because the season starts July 31st. It'll end like in the middle October of October 12th. Yeah, yeah, October yeah, 12th. So the games are going to be spread out for everybody since it's only eight games for each team. So there's an adequate amount of rest in between each game. That'll be good for the players because it's, nobody's going to come back just snapping like how they were before the season ended. So it'll give players a chance to get back in their groove for when yeah. it is time for the playoffs that we'll get energized, healthy players, and they got their rhythm back at the same time. So yeah. I don't really see no flaws in it. Uh, the play-in spot thing for the AC, I like it. I like the fact that it's not a one-game eliminator for the AC right now. So I, I like it so far. I ain't got no problems with it. Applause yeah. to Adam Silver for doing great with that idea. And mm -hmm. I like the fact that it's really all going to be at Disney in one arena. Like, I, I see it in the future of the playoffs kind of always being like this from here on no, out. No, I, I, can't I can't see it. that. I can't see it. I like I that. I low-key no, like that. Uh, it's really like some March Madness type stuff. I like uh, that. I, I like, like it. Because you need to – where you're not going to have your home court advantage, bro. That's what you play the playoffs exactly. for. Exactly. No, you want the playoff advantage. That's what, that's what you play the whole season for, for the playoff advantage, the whole court. If you take that away, what are we playing the regular season for? What are we I, I love the competitive neutral site. Why do you think Alabama never really wants to play at a neutral site? No, I mean, at, at another person's stadium. they rather play at a neutral site because they know if we're neutral, we know our fans going to come harder than y'all's. If the Lakers and the Clippers play at a neutral site, you know it's still going to be more Lakers fans than Clippers fans. Like, neutral sites – that shows you what real fans yeah. come in at. And you really – you if you're a neutral game, whoever the better team, they're going to have home court advantage low-key. But still, who who is – like I said, what are we playing the season for at that point? What are we playing the season for? We don't need to play the season. Because we're not playing for home court advantage. We don't need to play the season. What's the point? For the seeding. court advantage. For the seeding. You still got to play for the seeding. Like, you may not be playing for home court advantage no more. But you still got to play for the seeding. Uh, I mean, you still playing for the seeding, bro. But still, you playing for the home court advantage as well, bro. You want? I, I, I get it. The I get it. I just like the idea. I like the idea of everybody playing in the same arena. I, I love it. I think that's cool. I think that's cool for the. And uh, I feel like for the next generation of college athletes to like transition into the NBA, and the NBA format is kind of it's switched now to kind of like a college format. So in your hand, oh, you're already used to that. You're already used to that, man. I feel like it'll make college players more comfortable because they're – We don't want them comfortable. It's the NBA. It's a whole new league. They're already used to that kind of environment. I don't want them comfortable. <laughs> I want them boys stressed to the toes. They're not used to this environment. I don't want them comfortable. It's your first time in the playoffs. I want you stressed out. It's your first time. I don't want you comfortable in the playoffs. I don't want you to be used to this. <laughs> I don't want you to be used to that. Nah, I think it's a better format for an amateur thing like the NCAA. Bro. I think it's better for that. But for the pros, I can't see it, bro. I, like, I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna say I, I want it to permanently happen, but I wouldn't be mad if they switched it to that. I really wouldn't. I think it'd be exciting. It could be, it could be. But uh, the hoes. Let me get back to the hoes. 
I think the holes, the only hole other than the single elimination thing was the amount of games. Because obviously, you can look at the, the, the team records. Everybody has basically played a different amount of games. I think the Grizzlies have played like 68 or probably 60 games. The Blazers have played 59 games. And you're giving everybody eight regular season games. So obviously, if you play more games than me and you won a game, you won that extra game over me, obviously that advantage is going to knock me off. That's why I said, I said last time, like some teams, you're going to have to be undefeated for eight games. <laughs> like you're really going to have to damn near try and go undefeated for eight games. But still it's going to be a disadvantage. It's still going to be disadvantage. If you still play more games than me and like at the, by the end of the season, if you play 67 and I play 66, but we got the same amount of losses, but you got one more win, it's like, damn, you got the advantage just because you played another game. One well, what if for these next upcoming eight games, they limit, They don't count the games you played before this, and you everybody starts off zero on zero, and it's your record is out of eight games. I feel they like that's what they won't do. No, I'm saying well, I feel I like that. they won't do. Oh. I, that, that would be the smart thing because, like you just said, if you count it on top of the record you already have, then we already – you can low-key tell who going to make it. No, they're they not doing that. They're not doing that. That wouldn't make sense then because that means everybody would be on the same level. That means everybody would be on the same level. Even eighth, eighth through the 12th seed would be on the same level. And then there would be no advantage for the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies would be like, what the hell? What what we played the whole season for before the pandemic? Why did we play the whole season? I don't know. It makes level. sense. That way, oh yeah, because it, it kind of proves my point of where where they got to play in for their spot. They already got okay, exactly. I, we, gotta, we gotta read into this again more because I don't know. I really gotta figure out how they gonna do this. Like, That's I what I'm saying. Because they even when it like when even when this proposal got approved, they still didn't answer the question. What are they gonna do when the games are not gonna be the same? What are they gonna do? I think they're still trying to figure it out, though. I really do. I don't think they're going to figure out. It's just like, it is what it is. Like, if you didn't get in because you played one less game, it's like tough luck type shit. It's like, there's nothing else that I can really do for you. That's what I'm saying. Like, you go undefeated for eight games, and it's still, like, a big margin between you and the seventh or the eighth seed or whatever. Like, come on, dog. Like, what was the Damian, – Damian Lillard, what's the point of me playing? Like, <laughs> what's the point of me yeah. playing? So, let's do, let's do on to the eight team that didn't make the – little 22 game uh, 22 uh team uh season so you got the warriors that didn't get in you got the bulls that didn't get in you got the hawks didn't get in it's a lot of teams that didn't oh, the get in. wolves who else uh the warriors minnesota cleveland atlanta detroit new york and chicago and charlotte yeah so you got all those teams that did not get in but the warriors have the best odds at the number one pick and they got a loaded squad coming back next year. They got the Steph Curry's. They got the Clay's going to be healthy next year. You got the the. Uh, let me not put Draymond in there. Bro, put he on the rock. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. Not being disrespectful. I don't, I don't know. He's on the roster. Draymond, bro, Draymond been looking real washed to me. I don't know. He's on the roster. You have to say it. <laughs> <laughs> you have to say it. Looking real washed to me, bro. I don't know. They got Wiggins. I'm more excited about Wiggins than I am about Draymond. Okay, you can be more excited, but you at least still got to say they got Draymond. Like, don't, don't just act like Draymond not a force at all. Like, I'm thinking, I think I like Kevon Looney a little bit more now. You can like, I like Looney. I like Looney. You can still say Looney. But don't just say everybody but Draymond. That's just this Yeah. Draymond getting paid 20 mil to be what? Yeah. Mm. 
what he's been, the third option. <laughs> what he's been. He got the third option. He's going to be like the fourth option because Wiggins going to be third. So it's like. Mm. Not right off the bat. Yeah, right off the bat. I see it right off the bat. Not right off the bat. I cannot oh. score no more, bro. I don't know what Draymond's problem is. I don't know if he stopped working on his shot or what. But Draymond used to be somebody who would hit the three-point shot, hit mid-ranges. But the yeah. more he started playing with Steph Curry and Clay, and then Kevin Durant came on the team, it's like he completely stopped shooting the ball. Because I remember the first season, the first season when they won the championship, and the next one when they lost to the Cavs, Draymond was a shooter, and he was getting like 30 points. Like, he was capable of getting those type of numbers. It's like, now you see Draymond, he barely getting eight points per game. It's like, it's not the same. You can't base him off, right base him off of this season. You can't. This season well, this is the is past the couple season. of seasons, bro. This is the past couple of seasons I'm, I'm basically. Well, this season you automatically have to omit. And then even last season. You didn't have KD the whole season. So you can't blame KD. I, I, I ain't blaming nobody, bro. I'm just saying. I, I rock with Draymond. He's not, bro, he's uh, not the I same player, bro. You made him. a you made a good point on the live stream, bro, that he's the heart and, uh, heart and soul of this team. You made That's a good what I'm saying. He the heart, the soul. He the aggressive. talent. Player. Talent at some point has to play a part, bro. It has to play. He a can part. still be clutch. He can still player. have his clutch moments. He can still have his clutch moments, and people, you're you're not realizing that. He can still. Draymond is an X factor because his defensive prowess, how he can be a small ball five. I don't think he's capable of being a small ball small ball five anymore, bro. I think he is declining in athleticism that he cannot be the same Draymond and not be. I would say 70% of the Draymond that I've seen in 2015. Like, it's not going to be the same. And you he can at least be 75% of what he was. And <laughs> I see it. I see it. I ain't going to let you down this. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to say this right now. Draymond Green, even though we just made that comment about being the heart and soul of the team, bold prediction will be traded by the trade deadline this season. He will be traded because the Warriors will finally cut him loose and probably get somebody good for him. Some good role players. Nothing crazy. Good role players for Draymond Green. That will probably be an upgrade. Bro. I will say that. That will happen by the end of it. I don't see it happening. I'm seeing it, bro. I'm seeing it. I'm seeing I don't see it. it. The amount of loyalty that Draymond, Clay, and Steph have to that organization. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a business. It's a business. I was about to say, yeah. But – the, the amount of loyalty that they've spoken on when talking about the Warriors, how they all said they want to be Warriors for their whole careers, I don't, I don't see it happen. I, I see it playing out good for them. I, I see the exact oh, – yeah. I don't see them getting traded. Because like, I still see – and my question was, before I got into this conversation, my question was, who can you foresee the Warriors picking number one? Who do you foresee? James Wiseman. Wiseman. Yeah, I, I, I agree, Wiseman. I see in a lot of mock drafts that they have Anthony Edwards going number one. I don't think that's a good fit for that system. Uh, yeah, I don't think – Anthony Edwards is going to be great. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No matter what team he goes to, he's going to be great. Yeah, he's going to be great, but the Warriors aren't the best fit for him. I think Wiseman is the perfect fit. Uh, interior presence down low can clean up for Steph Curry. And like I said, a declining Draymond can clean up for him as well. So I think Wiseman is the perfect first pick if they get the first pick. I think Wiseman is the perfect guy. I was about to dive into something else about the Warriors. Do you see? Do you foresee the Warriors being a not Super Bowl, but a Finals contender next season? Next season, uh, they're low. They're pretty loaded, bro. If everybody stays healthy, they're pretty low. 
Western Conference Finals. Yeah, I can definitely see them being a Western Conference Finals threat. But still got the Lakers, still got the Clippers, Nuggets. No, no. Stop it! Stop it there! Stop it there! Stop it there! Nuggets. <laughs> it's the Clippers, Lakers. It's Clippers, Lakers, Warriors. We're stopping it there. We're not <laughs> pretenders. We're not going. To- uh, the Warriors are in the pretenders category right now, so oh, oh, I, get out of contenders. It's not a stretch. No. You're Bro, picking the Warriors team. to go from the worst team in the NBA right now to being a finals representative next season for the West. They're they're not they're quote unquote the worst team, but it's you gotta the injuries, Clay didn't play, Steph didn't play, you gotta add all those in. D Russ got traded. You gotta, you gotta add all that in there, bro. It's the reason why they're the worst. And all, and you made a good point. Another point you made on the live stream, bro. You're really hurting yourself with all your points you made on the live stream, because you said on the live stream all the time that they gave to their role players this season. I don't see them going to the finals. Like, yes, that's what I'm saying, bro. The Damian Lee, the all of those are gonna play key roles for the finals next. Uh Nah. That's what I'm saying, bro. They're gonna play. They're gonna play B. Conference finals, Western Conference finals. That that's their I mean, that's their expectation. That should be their expectation. If they get and you to got the, the Clippers finals, going to the finals. Not expectation. Clippers going to finals this season. Next season. Next season. Because it's not gonna be the Lakers. You're not thinking the Lakers again, are you? I don't know. It depends. I can't never just rule out LeBron. I can't never just rule him out like that. LeBron, what LeBron gonna be next year? 37? 36? 36. 36. He's gonna be 36. LeBron, 36 years? Bro, if he does this junk again next season. And That's we, what I'm saying, bro. I can't just rule him out. Yeah. I, don't know how, I don't know how some people really just completely rule LeBron out sometimes. Like, you can't. Even if you don't like dude, you cannot ever just completely rule him out. You just can't. That's true. But the, Even if the team you want. The competition next season gonna be steep. Even if you want the Clippers to go, like, you can't just be like, nah, Bron, them ain't even going to be. Nah, you can't do that. You can't. You got to at least have them in your peripheral. Like, You're going to be third or second. Second or third in the Western Conference next year. It's going to be tough, bro. The top of the West is going to be tough. I honestly don't ever really care what seed LeBron is when it comes to the playoffs because I know what to expect, you know. Mm. So I don't, he, he could be the eighth seed for all I care. Like, Whoa. He could be the AC. Whoa, whoa. If he you, could be the AC and he he's gonna, losing. He gonna be the AC. He could be the AC and he gonna make that first seed work to get to the second round. They could lose. It could be obvious that they're gonna lose, but he gonna make that first team work. I could, yeah, I can definitely feel that. But if you if he's the AC and the Clippers the one seed, he's losing. He's losing. Oh yeah, like it, he'll probably lose, but I'm just yeah. saying, like <laughs> and let's dive into somebody else. Uh, who plays for the Spurs, LaMarcus Aldridge. We found out that he is out for the season with a shoulder injury. Did you ever expect the Spurs to make a run at the playoffs, especially in this new format? Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> that's why it really wasn't that big of news to me because I was like – Yeah, I that's all I was, I was, so I was like, Spurs ain't even really news right now. Like, yeah, exactly. I, I, I like Aldridge, though. I like Aldridge. But Spurs ain't really news right now. So, yeah. I was like, eh. Be, fit, fit, filler, filler news for the website. <laughs> yeah, it, it was, it was. It, it was, was a filler, filler spot. That's all it was. But uh, hope for a quick recovery for my man Lamarcus Aldrich. Uh, they often, they they should get my man Dejounte more playing time. I think I said this before. Dejounte should get way more playing time than he did. Yeah. But I want to digress. Let's dive into another big 
uh, allegation that really slid under the radar. I don't know why these allegations slide under the radar like they do. But Oklahoma State was hit with some huge violations and even a postseason ban, which was uncovered in the FBI investigation, which was put on this past summer. Uh, Arizona was investigated. Kansas was investigated. Uh, it was a couple of other schools. Let me try to look it up right now. Uh, Louisville was investigated. NC State, like a lot of schools were investigated this summer, and Oklahoma State was the, the first one to get hit. Uh, they said Louisville could get a postseason ban this season, NC State. And they said Oklahoma State wasn't even one of the biggest, like, violators. They said it's obviously worse uh, along the way. They said Kansas was involved as well in, like, in the investigation. So they said Kansas could be looking at some violations and some postseason bans, but I don't know what to look forward to. But something to look forward to was Cade Cunningham playing at Oklahoma State. But with these postseason bans, it, he could go anywhere right now. He could go to the G League. He could play overseas. He can go to another school. He could just sit out, period. So what do you see for K. Cunningham? He was the number one player from Montverde this past season. What do you see him doing? Uh, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if he took the G League route, especially with the way the NBA is now working with the G League for incoming players to – Think about taking the money aspect as opposed to the traditional one and done that they usually do when they go to college. So I can see Cunningham taking that on, taking that, uh, what's called that G League deal. I don't, I don't really see him going overseas. He's either going to go to the G League or he's going to go to another school. I feel like mm -hmm. going overseas is kind of like, it, it's it doesn't, out. yeah, it's, I don't want to say played out, but it, it diminishes the amount of eyes on you unless like you're a LaMelo ball where you already got the fame before you go so mm -hmm. you already have the yeah. following already K Cunningham yeah. unless you really watch you're not really going to be checking overseas to see what he's doing yeah and they poke way more holes in your games when you go overseas they poke way more holes it was the same thing for Moutier same thing for Jennings they was like top players coming out of their class and when once they went overseas they poked holes in their games they were still first round picks but they poke so many holes in their game that they slipped from, like, a top three pick to, like, lottery, basically. I think Jennings was top ten. Moody went, like, seven, I think. But the one thing about him, because they said he could still stay at Oklahoma State even with the postseason ban because he wants to play for his brother. His brother is the coach at Oklahoma State, and that was the reason why he went there in the first place. So they said he could stay. It could be a Ben Simmons type of thing where – it was a big player, but Ben Simmons didn't make the tournament, but it was still good to watch him. So that's still a possibility as well of coming back. Uh, but I think he is going to another school. I honestly think he's going to another school. I'm here in Kentucky. He could slot to Florida. Bro, I texted you this the other day. I did not know Andrew Nimhart transferred, bro. And it's crazy because for like a week and a half straight, I just wasn't paying attention to – Florida athletic news like it just it wasn't really anything going on so for like with everything going on with the pandemic for like a week and a half straight I just wasn't really paying attention to athletics and I think I think Caleb me and Caleb had just finished working out in the stadium and he uh he was like bro you heard Nimbar transferred or you heard he left and I was mm -hmm. like for real like when he was like recently like this wasn't too long ago and I was like, wow, like, let me look up on that. And then that was when me and you texted, like, a day or two ago. And you was like, bro, he transferred or whatever? I was like, yeah, bro. I just found this out, like, a couple of days ago. Bro, 
literally scrolling down my Twitter feed, and it was like a random article that popped up that said Nimhard transfer. Literally blew my mind. I did not hear anything. I thought he was still in, like, the NBA waters. I thought he was still trying to figure out if he was going to come back to Florida or go to the NBA. The fact that he said, I'm out of Florida completely, blew yeah. my mind, bro. It blew my mind. So, K. Cunningham, if you listen to this, slide to Florida, man. Hey, it's not wrong with slide to Florida, man. We got to get that blue and orange in you. Get that blue and orange. Yeah, it's not wrong with Florida, man. But I'm hearing a lot of Kentucky buzz for K. Cunningham. That'll be a good fit for him, too, though. Yeah. That'll be a good fit. That would, that would, yeah, Kentucky always got studs. But you, you can't go wrong with a blue blood. Can't go wrong. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. And also, uh, so I just want to go over what the allegations include for Oklahoma State. So I obviously said they have a postseason ban for this season. They have a reduction of scholarships. So they, I think they lose three scholarships per season. So the next three seasons, they don't have three scholarships. And this is a three-year probation. So it's going to be like this. And this is a couple of more details I'm not going to dive into. They weren't that big of allegations or uh, punishments for it. But those were the big ones, the three years of probation, reduction of scholarships, and a postseason ban. So, Edgar, what do you expect? Do you think other schools will get implicated? Do you think other schools will get violated? I think Arizona has been a school that has slipped under the radar a lot. They've always been alleged of doing things but have never had a postseason ban or anything like that. So do you see allegations, violations coming up? I really, like you just said, like you don't really hear much about Arizona when it comes to stuff like this. And this isn't the first time that their name has also been brought up in certain situations. I think it's just because they've never been the main school or the first school to get caught or anything like that. So it's kind of like whoever get caught first, you get the spotlight, you get the worst punishment. And then if we have room for more punishment to trickle down to the other schools, then it'll happen. Arizona has always just been kind of like, okay, we kind of got caught too, but they got caught first. So, and we're, we're not as bad in the waters as them. So maybe they'll overlook us, you know, so, I feel like that's what it is. I don't really – I have to read more into it to see how much more punishment the NCAA is going to rule out. But the amount of money from Oklahoma – that Oklahoma State got, like, in trouble with, I feel like it's worth the, the ban and the probationary period and everything like that because in the article I'm reading on ESPN, it says the penalty the penalties are the result of a level one violation involving head coach Lamar Evans who was sentenced in June 2019 to three months in prison for accepting between $18,150 and $22,000 in bribes to, to steer players from South Carolina and Oklahoma State to certain agents and financial advisors. Exactly. So, like that amount of money, yeah, it's definitely worth probation and all that stuff. So. And that's the funny thing, because Oklahoma isn't even a big school that you really hear about like that in like the March Madnesses or even throughout the season, especially since Marcus Smart left. I haven't really heard about Oklahoma State since then. So it's like if Oklahoma State is getting implicated, you already know everybody else is doing some grimy shit If Oklahoma State. It's like Kansas, we know Kansas paying. We know UNC paying. They already had allegations before, and it's just like, all right, now, we just going to let the big schools slip by while the Oklahoma States get punished? Like, what are we doing here? Because it's really looking like you punishing the small people while the big ones really get away with it at this point. So I'm really trying to figure out what are we doing. And I want to read this little excerpt of an article real quick. So they said, pending an appeal, Oklahoma State won't be eligible for the 2021 NCAA tournament, and, it may, and they may not be alone. In addition of the University of Louisville, South Carolina also received a level one violation 
and North Carolina State has received two violations. And Kansas has them all beat with a whopping five. So if Kansas gets no punishments while having five NCAA violations after the whole investigation, I got questions. Because you punish right. one, but you're not punishing the big blue blood. So right. what is really going on here, bro? And when I read that, how many violations Kansas had, I was like, oh, yeah, bro, they got to tighten up. They got to get on Kansas a little bit, bro. They got to get on Kansas. I love Kansas. I rock with Bill Self. But y'all can't just keep slipping away like that. Bro. Y'all can't keep slipping away. But, um, Edgar, I want you to dive into the MLB negotiations. A lot of people have been asking why the MLB hasn't been back yet. We haven't heard a starting date or return date. I know you looked more into it. So what are, what is the latest that you've been hearing? Uh, today is today's Wednesday, right? Today is the day that the MLB waited for the players' response. I, I didn't get any news on it today, so I don't know if they actually reported the response that the players' union gave today. But the MLB proposed a 76-game season to the players' union. And right now, most players are not really rocking with it. At the moment, I want to say there were there were two players who were pretty against it. Uh, Andrew McCutcheon for the Phillies, he tweeted LOL when he seen the Twitter um, mm-hmm. post that the MLB made about the 76 game season. And really, a lot of players are kind of like turning their nose up at it because of the prorated salary. Like a lot of players will not be getting 100% of their money. They'll get like 50% during the regular season. And those who make the playoffs, they'll get it they'll get up to Ooh. 75%. Yeah, that's what I heard. 70. Yeah, so, and there's uh, there talks about eliminating draft pick compensation for free agents and a $200 million postseason pool for the players, you know, and the season will end October 31st. So mm-hmm. every day that goes by is another day without baseball, and we know baseball is usually 180 games or so. So right now they're trying to get 76, and the fact that, the players are still like, no, and the league is like, well, we got to start something soon because sooner or later we might not be able to have a season if we get too far to where we can't even do 70 games. Like, yeah, we can't. Yeah. So, so that, what that's I was saying – oh, go ahead. What you say? No, I was just saying that's what's going on right now with the MLB. Okay. So what I was hearing was they came out with a proposal before that said it was going to be 114 games. Right. right. Uh, I, I, don't, I forgot what the salary was for the first proposal. But obviously the players didn't want it. But the one that just came out with the 76 games, the 50% or the 75% prorated salary, that's the one that's more towards what the players want. So even though you said Andrew McCutcheon, among others, the couple don't like it, a couple people don't like it, I'm starting to hear that more people are on that side than the 114. Because I can't see them going higher than 76 games at this point. Oh, yeah, me neither. Yeah, Yeah, I think they're going to stick with this one. Even though some players don't like it, it was the same thing with the NFL. A couple of people didn't like how that uh, C- CBA was going to get hammered out, but it still ended up going through. Same thing with the MLB. I think they're going to stick with this one, with the 76 games, 75%. And it was something else. It was, uh, it was another stat that was in that tweet I read. I forgot at the moment. But I think they're going to rock out with this, this proposal. And I think it's more towards what the players want. Uh, I do, too. Even though it's towards what the players want, the fact that they're still kind of – like, uh, I don't know. Like, I want to be able, I want all of us to be able to still make majority of the money that we're supposed to make. I feel yeah. like we're at a point right now where it's like every league is going through similar situations. Exactly. Right now. Everybody but the NFL basically is going through a similar situation at the moment. 
So mm-hmm. I, I feel like it's kind of a point where you got to suck it up and at least take exactly. 75% of what you're getting. And that's what I'm saying. Like, bro, you're not playing 75% of the season. If you play 76 games, you're playing half, not even half the season. I'm about to say, that's under half. So. That's under half. So if you're getting 75% of, or you said 50% at first, but it's 75% playoffs. Yeah, if, you, if you're yeah. a playoff team, it goes up to 75%. Yeah, so. but still, if 50% of your money for playing half the season, that feels fair to me. I might be. I don't think I'm tripping on that. If you play half, I, I didn't either. Like, yeah, I'm like you play half the season. I'm playing yeah. less than half the season, and I'm getting half of my salary. Like, okay, that, and, that that's even to me. <laughs> like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not tripping here. So it's like the same thing. Like Edgar just said, everybody is going through something. Everybody is losing money with this, but we still want to be entertained as fans. We want to be entertained, and as players, they still want to make money. Even though we all want to be safe, at the end of the day, we want to be entertained, and the players still want to play. So if you play half the season and you get paid half, that seems fair. The NBA is losing money and endorsements from China, and the season's not going to be the same. They obviously lost money with the two months being out. Like I said, really the NFL is the only one winning here, and they're still going to lose money because no fans. So they're still going to end up losing money. So it's like everybody has to take a hit. So even with this tough times, bro, you have to, like I just said, you got to suck it up right? at the end of the day. Like literally, it's a situation where you got to suck it up. Yeah, bro. <laughs> we like, we all take the L's right now. Literally, everybody is taking the L's. So. Yeah, bro. So I think I think it's a fair deal. So Edgar, thank you for that update on the MLB. I think people needed to hear that. Haven't heard about the baseball in a long time, bro. Right. I've really been ghosted. So yeah. And the last topic of the day will be about Fight Island, bro. So we talked about this a couple of months ago during the actual coronavirus. This was being talked about being a Fight Island. Uh, Dana White was talking about having it over in like an unknown location. He was going to have it during the coronavirus. It was a risky plan, but it was something that he was trying to hack out while everything was going on, but it obviously didn't end up working out. But it is now going to come into fruition right now. So it says the fighters will travel to this island for international fights. Dana White delivered on his promise, announcing the inaugural fight island event will be the home of UFC 251 on July 11th. It will feature three championship fights, and it will be in Abu Dhabi in the island of Yas. So that is where everything is going on in the UFC. Edgar, how do you feel about Fight Island coming to fruition? Hey, we're in a time right now where revolutionary ideas are happening and life-changing ideas for leagues and everything. And I, I, I like it. I like the fact that well, first of all, I love the fact that we're calling it Fight Island. Like, I just yeah. like this, this is going to be in history. Like, even if it's only a one-year type situation, like, it's going to be a history. It's going to be a lesson in history for sports where years from now, kids are going to be like, what was Fight Island? You know, we, you're going to have to explain all of 2020, first off. Yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> but really? I explain the whole year. <laughs> but I like the idea. I like the fact that um, I think they're still going to follow the media guidelines of not mm-hmm. everybody's going to be able to come, but the main media sources are going to be able to be there. And they're going to probably, I'm sure, limit the number of people who are there other than the fighters, obviously. Because yeah. so. UFC have already had fights during the coronavirus, but it just wasn't right. like a, I love it. It was very limited. Yeah, it was very limited, though. But they still had events going on, so I'm pretty sure it's going to be the same thing when they get over to uh, the Yas Island. So, yeah. But also, this is not the last topic because we're going to dive into this Mikey, Mikey Williams topic before we head out of here. Go yeah. to ECU, possibly. So, Edgar, dive into that. Your reaction. Mikey Williams, the number one player in the class of 
is considering a HBCU with everything going on, Black Lives Matter, the protests, the riots, he wants to make a change for the whole culture and go to an HBCU. He's seriously considering it. I personally think it is going to happen down the line. Edgar, what is your reaction? When I seen him make that tweet, going to HBCU might not be so bad with the with the eye emoji. I I was like, wow, like if he really chooses to do that, like he's gonna completely shift, like he's gonna shift the momentum of players that go into the NCAA from that moment. Like you're no longer gonna see the top players only go to blue blood teams or only go to the to the well known schools in the country. Like, no, you're gonna have players going to Howard, going to FAM, going to uh Tuskegee, like you're, yeah. you're gonna see these players going to schools that you nine times out of ten would never see them go to. So mm-hmm. I, I love the fact that he's at least taking it into consideration. Even at yeah. the end of the day, if he doesn't choose the HBCU, the fact that he's looking at them and he's making these big time schools pay attention, like, hey, we can choose our own people at the end of yeah. the day. We can we can make our own legacies with these schools now instead of following y'all legacies. I love the fact that he's doing that. I love the fact that I feel like he's really going to choose. I, I agree with Quincy. I feel like he really is going to choose to go to HBCU. And yeah. I, I don't know. It's just – it's, it's going to be crazy. I'm really going to yeah. like it. I'm really going to like it. Like the top athlete in the nation, the top college athlete in the nation going to a black school, like all black schools, like that, that's just crazy. Yeah. And I was telling Edgar before the pod, his people went to uh, HBCU. I want to say his mom went to Hampton or Howard, one of the two. I think his father went to the same school. So they were there. I guess it's been instilled in him the HBCU mindset. So he obviously enriches that culture and he would want to go there. And it was a good point that he brought up in his Instagram post. He was like, talent can be found everywhere. I think we fall into a mindset where if you go to a high D1, like a Duke to a North Carolina, you're going pro. Where that's not necessarily always the case. You can go to a family and be found. You can go to wherever other school and be found. But when you're the number one player in the country and you go to somebody like a fam, bro, you know how much money he's going to generate, period? And you know how much attention he's going to bring to that school and how much he's going to shock the culture? Me and Edgar was talking about it. Uh, Mikey Williams and Bronny, uh, Bronny James were AAU teammates before. What if Bronny gets on his bandwagon and gets on the HBCU train as well? It's like, now we can really be talking about something. You're going to seeing, you're gonna start seeing LeBron James at, like, Fam, you or Hampton or Morehouse, like you're gonna start seeing him at HBCU games. And it's gonna be like, hey, like this is yeah. lit. Like this is a whole yeah. cultural change. Like mm-hmm. that, that's just that'll be so crazy if something like that happens. So hopefully yeah. in 2023, like even if Mikey Williams isn't the first to do it, I feel like he's gonna be the biggest. He's always gonna be remembered as the first person to throw that out there that mm-hmm. we can just start considering these, like at least publicly. Cause I'm sure other players have thought about it. But none of no other big time player has publicly said it like that. Yeah. So I, I love the fact that Mikey will always be remembered for at least publicly saying it. I hope he still does follow through and choose the HBCU. But wherever he goes to school, he's gonna snap. He's gonna get the looks yeah. that he looks. Oh man, like I said, he's number one player in the in his class already, bro. So he's gonna be he's gonna be a stud for sure. But yeah, bro. I, I definitely see it happening. But you talked about Talk about the downfalls for a minute, bro, because we talked about all the positives that can happen. 
I don't see it being a downfall, but it's just one thing you got to look out for, Mikey. It's just you. Uh, the hoes. Just you're it, kinda, just, I don't want to say it like that. Uh, I don't want to say it like that. The females. You're at an HBCU. You're surrounded by beautiful, beautiful black women, beautiful, educated black women at that. But a lot of times HBCUs are in areas of low income. I'll try to say that as possible. <laughs> uh, areas of low income. So you got your females who don't go to fam, who go to all fam events. You got your females who don't go to Hampton that go to all Hampton events. You got females that don't go to Tuskegee that go to all Tuskegee events. Yeah. So you're going to have more than the average number of females trying to get at you just to get at you. Like, mm. I'm not lying. I'm not trying to be a hater. I mean, it's just the way it is. I'm not right. trying to down talk black women or anything like that. That's how it is, period, bro. If he went to a D1, that's how it would be. Or a high D1, that's how it would be. Yeah, so I I, I don't know. Just got to have that. Yeah. Got to have that. Watch. Same thing Quincy was saying. Quincy was saying, hey, as much as I would love him to go to HBCU, he probably going to have to watch his back just a little bit more than usual. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Bro. I. I, I know my experience at Flomo. I love being <laughs> at an all-black school, but yeah. hey, at the end of the day, you still got those few black students who just yeah don't don't get it. They're there, but they don't get it. You know what I'm saying? They're and they still, go, they jealous of you, bro. They see what you got going on, bro. They see your attention, and they're like, oh, okay. Let me let me let me holler at this dude. You know what I'm saying? Try to do something. Try to touch you a couple times. Exactly. See, so it's just certain stuff you gotta look at. I love my people. I love my black people. Yeah, but I love know how some of us can be sometimes. Exactly. So that's exactly. why I want to make sure Mikey, Bronny, whoever, else, anybody before they class understand what you in the HBCU. I just know, yeah. I know where HBCUs are placed ninety nine percent of the time. So all the time. Yeah. So. Yeah. But we talked about it before, how we think the black community will protect him at the end of the day, even though they are the, there are those black apples or bad apples. You know, we will see a protection around him if he does go to HBCU because we want to see him win at the end of the day. Like at the end of the day, we always want to see black folks succeed in the light because it makes us look good. Like, shit, if you go to HBCU and he does his thing, it's like, oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of people don't even know that there are D1 HBCUs until... Mikey Williams came out and said, I want to go to uh, HBCU. A lot of people didn't have knowledge of that, bro. So now people are starting to actually gain knowledge and look into HBCUs now. So, so I this is, this, is always been a topic. this has always been a topic for, at least for me, for the last four or five years now on what if, just what if at least 50% of the black athletes in college sports went to HBCUs instead of predominantly white institutions. Just fifty percent. That's half. Like, just imagine half of the black athletes in the nation playing for black schools. That would cripple the major universities in the NCAA so much, and that would put so much money into these black schools that really, a lot of them really need that extra money sometimes. Because there are black schools out there. I don't want to make it sound like HBCUs are broke. There, there's a a good yeah. amount of HBCUs. Like Morehouse make Morehouse make money, but they don't like to spend it on their buildings. <laughs> so it, it's like it's like that's just I would love to see that but a lot of people have negative opinions of that ain't never gonna happen like yeah. I don't think all of them are just gonna choose to do that because at the end of the day 
some of them got that mindset of I gotta make it so my people can make it and I don't wanna take that risk of going exactly and all that. So I, I understand the, the negative side of it, but the positive side, it's a risk, but it's such a beautiful risk at the end. Yeah. Like it's a situation where you can't just think about you. What about the next generation? Like you you might have to be that that dummy trial for yeah. to see if the next generation can really do it or not. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you may not, and like you, Edgar, the right say, you may not flourish in, in this in this process, but you will make a difference for sure, bro. I promise. You, that dummy, you will make a difference, and you will become the people's champ for that. Trust me, you will become the people's champ. We will always remember. I promise. I promise you'll be the people's champ for that. Yeah, promise, bro. bro. Like you, you might y'all your class, no matter what class it is, it might be one class that might have to be that dummy class to just test it out or whatever. And it might or it might not work, but we'll never know if we don't attempt to do it. So Yeah, man. So we definitely had to get into that topic before we left, man. I almost forgot about it, but we definitely had to get into Michael Williams. We appreciate y'all for listening. Edgar, hit him with the social media. You can follow us on Twitter at QE Podcast One. You can follow us on Instagram at Q underscore and underscore E underscore podcast. You can follow and like our Facebook page, Q and sign E Podcast. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel. Don't forget to hit that notification bell and hit the all button so you can see anytime we drop one there. Our email, podcast at gmail.com. Email us for any questions, concerns, inquiries, business opportunities, fan mail. Reach out to us anytime. We always check it and we'll always try to get back as soon as possible. Podgo, the best um. The best podcast platform for advertisements. Be sure to hit them up. That's who we are. Shout out to Podgo. Yeah, Podgo. Be sure to uh, download anything with them to try to get a deal with them. We are part of Blue Collar Media Group and MTMV Sports. So check out both of their platforms and websites. Check out all of the podcast people on there. Check out all the amazing raw talent that's still untouched and unheard of right now. So there's plenty of people out there like me and Quincy. Uh, you can follow Quincy on Twitter at Q underscore Hicks three. You can follow me on Twitter at Edgar Martin ninety seven. You can also follow my Instagram at Edgar Martin official. Yes, sir. And like I always say, subscribe to our podcast platforms. Like I said, we're on iHeartRadio now, so check us out on iHeartRadio. We're on Blue Collar Media. We're on that website. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. We are there, and yeah. All I got to say is, bro, give us a shout out. Man, we black folks, man. And we in a time where we need to be uplifting our black folks. We are black content creators, man. Uplift this podcast and uplift your black brothers and sisters. Hey, and I'm out. And we out. Oh, it. I was going to say one more thing. I ain't going to say the name, but we got another St. Pete Heroes episode coming up soon. Coming up soon. Question know what I'm talking about. I ain't going to say the name, but I'm working out a, a, a situation, a deal right now with a, a St. Pete legend, a Florida legend when it comes to athletics, football specifically. That's the only hit I'm going to give, football. St. Pete legend. Oh. Hometown hero episode coming again soon. So just be on the lookout. All right, man. We appreciate y'all for listening. We out. Peace.
With great power comes great responsibility. And since nobody is ill as me, I illustrate through soliloquy to set the children free. I mean, who else in this bitch finna spill the tea? See, I can rap about the fun guy stuff, how many guns I bust, and all the funds I've touched. I can quit the chatter and speak on shit that matter And help niggas climb instead of trying to ditch the ladder Cause all I'm seeing is a bunch of fake cats with face tats What could my nephew take away from they raps? They never ate scraps, but claim they got eight straps They had silver spoons with plates on the placemat But see the kids got a lot of very pain That you choose to exploit for a monetary gain uh, We'll play the game, but the people need a voice I woke up one day and knew I had to make a choice And if it hadn't been for you You let me use a car to drive to the yo Put plans to the side just to slide to a show Provided the dough, blue whole paychecks Your homegirls will see me and roll they necks uh, And they ain't even where the drama stop Always got dirty looks from your mom and pops Shit, I know they probably think I sold you dreams Shit ain't working how we plan, but people go through things But I got your back forever and that's without a doubt Cause when I was doubting out, you helped me grow new wings Knew I had next before they checked for me. You always said I can't run for what's meant to be. I'm done running. No, no. 